Occasionally, as a choir, we like to learn new hymns that we can incorporate into our ministry and um, music. I, this was one of those chances. If you take your hymnals and open up to 597, hymn that's probably not familiar with most of us, um, but the words of this hymnal are just wonderful, wonderful words. And I encourage you to listen along, or sorry, read along and listen as we sing it this morning.
right, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Deuteronomy. I had a message on my heart, and it was regarding uh, the, the, the conference we just went through in the month of October, of course, our missions month, and I think it was very successful. I got to hear uh, several messages that helped me, and then through Brother Steve Childers, I got some videos sent to me. I got to hear the preachers. I, only one preacher I did not get to hear yet, and that was the young man from uh, Philippines, uh, Southeast Asia. I didn't hear his sermon, uh, but heard all the others, and it was a, it was a blessing to me. And, and, and I know you folks were blessed because you were very good to them in your offerings. And I know that, that you had a burden for them, and you wanted to be a blessing to them. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for coming to each of those services. And uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord allow us to do. Uh, for missions here in the coming year. But um, I have a, a message been on my heart for weeks, and uh, I pray the Lord give me uh, wisdom and what to say and not to say, and uh, of course, uh, liberty to preach this thought. And so Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 30, and the first part of verse 31. Um, I appreciate Brother Jeremiah's leadership while I was unable to be here. And uh, the messages that he preached, I got a chance to hear him and enjoyed those. And I know it was a blessing to the church. Last Sunday morning, I got up fully intended to be here to preach and then just couldn't, couldn't get it uh, done. And I called Brother Williams short notice and he, he was ready. He did, his, he did his duty for the church and for the Lord. And I appreciate that. And I heard it was a great message. That one I have not heard yet. I guess it's something to do with tithing. Along those lines, is that right? You don't know. <laughs> Are you under conviction of your own message or something? <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate him and his leadership. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30 and 31, we'll read together here. When, the, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, pay attention to that, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, thou shalt be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forsake the covenant of thy father, fathers, which have he swear unto them. I want to preach today, and this thought's not a new thought, but it's a, it's a thought that goes along with missions and getting involved in praying for missionaries for getting the gospel out ourselves, for faith promise giving. What we've just came through, that's why the decorations are still up. I still wanted to challenge the church with this thought. And that's on the idea of the importance of obedience. Obedience. God wants all to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is the propitiation not just for a few or a select, but he's a propitiation for the whole world. And we have a part in that by being obedient to what God says to us in evangelism, worldwide missions, many other things in the Christian life, but that's my focal point. So I want to preach today on the importance of obedience. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand in this pulpit today. I pray that you'd help me now to preach with clarity Lord, help me with my thought process, and I pray that everyone here would be attentive to the Holy Ghost and to the Holy Scriptures 
And uh, Lord, the message that you have for us today. Please be with the Deaf Church. Please be with the Junior Church as their minister today as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, obedience is mentioned so much in the scriptures. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, For whosoever, whatsoever things were written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So we know throughout the scripture, God has a command for his people to obey him. In Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, he says, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Now, of course, he was speaking to his people, Israel. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep his charge and his statutes, and the judgments and the commandments, notice, all way. But it wasn't just God speaking to his children, Israel. He speaks to us, the church, his children through Jesus Christ. Romans 1.5, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith and for his name. And we could read many other verses that the New Testament talks of obedience, obedience, obedience. I'd like to take this verse from Deuteronomy here. And consider the subject of our obedience to God in many matters of the Christian life, but especially in our responsibility to get the gospel out to the world. I feel so impressed that we, our, our, our work for the Lord can be maximized. Our usability for God can be multiplied if we just understand that God is looking for obedience in us as his children. Now, now I want to wade in this river of thought a little bit this morning. Stay with me. The importance of obedience. Hey, listen, in, uh, obedience is important. It is number one, really, in the Christian faith after trusting Christ as Savior. Somebody that gets saved, they ought to obey the scriptures and be scripturally baptized. After they get saved, they ought to be obedient to get in a local body of believers, as the New Testament teaches us. It's a life of obedience. I think there are some Christians that go to church and, and worship the Lord, and, but maybe never come to the place of obedience in certain areas of their life. Coming out of this mission conference, we need to be obedient to God in the matter of getting the gospel to all the world. We can't be in all these places, but some people are called to be in their particular field of service, and God wants us to partner with them and help them do their job for souls. The whole Christian life can be summed up in this word, obey. Exodus 19, God says to his people in verse 5, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Go back to Deuteronomy 4, our text, and, and take a look at verse 29 and 30. We read 30 and 31, but look at verse 29. He says, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, 
If thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice. You see, I think there's a lot of Christians today, they want all the blessings of God without any responsibility. They want all the, the goodness of God without doing anything for God. That's the mantra today is let's just praise the Lord. Let's, let's, just, let's just have a good service. Let's enjoy ourselves. It's all about enjoying ourselves, benefiting ourselves. This crazy group today, they dance before the Lord, jump up and down, have a mosh pit at their church. What's all that about? It's not about God. He doesn't say thou shalt have a mosh pit and worship me. It's foolishness. It's carnal. It's not of God. We're to obey God in all the commandments that he gives us. And we've gotten so far away from doing what he asks and commands of us. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, in verse 1, you say, preacher, we're not that type of church. Yeah, I don't want you to ever not be that kind of church. So you know, i got to, got to rehearse some things and remind you some things and keep in our place. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of thy the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. God told his people, listen, you just do what I tell you to do. You obey my voice and I'm going to bring you up high. Now you say, well, that's Old Testament. I, I, people drive me nuts with this Old Testament, New Testament stuff. You know, all the scripture is given by inspiration of God. We don't just say, take this part and that part. No, 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 no. I'm not no Jehuda. I hope you're not either. Just cut out the parts you don't like. We, we still have obedience in the scriptures. There's still principles in the word of God. And just because you're a New Testament Christian doesn't make you to, give you the right not to have a responsibility unto God to do his will, to do his work. Amen. That's good preaching. Don't worry, folks. I'll be fine. My doctor told me, he said, you go back to preaching, just, just don't preach for three hours. So I intend to preach two hours and 59 minutes. All right? But, you know, if I fall out, just pick me up, dust me off. But I, I, I want to preach this this morning. I want to have liberty. There's so much importance in the scripture about our influence through obedience. And I'm going to give you just a few points today about obedience that God gives us in his word. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30, we read verse 30, but I want you to take a look at verse 31, the first part here. He says, why should we be obedient? For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Has God been merciful to you? Hadn't God been good to you? How can we tell God no? How can we tell God no, I'd rather not, concerning certain things he commands us to do? Well, he's talking to his people Israel, obviously here. And I want to talk first about obedience in the matter of salvation. There might be somebody here today and you've not yet been truly saved. You're not born again. You know church and you know a little bit about God. Of course, Christmas is coming up. And of course, at Easter time, you do that. And, and I'm not making fun, but maybe you just never come to the place where you just got totally born again. I mean, truly saved. And God has called out for salvation, but some people have not been obedient. And so obedience in the matter of salvation. Notice what he says in, in chapter 4, verse 30. If thou turn to the Lord thy God. That word turns an interesting word. It means turn about. Turn to. 
Turn about, it's a word for repent. People don't like that word repentance today. Repentance is almost, it's not a forgotten doctrine in the church. It's a forfeited doctrine in the current progressive church. Repentance is necessary. God preached repentance in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Evidence, uh, repentance is an evidence that someone has turned to God in salvation. That they've responded to God in obedience to his word. Repentance means a, a godly, a, a, a truly God-given, spirit-led change in the heart of a mind and a life toward God. You know, repentance is not just putting a suit on and going to church now, which I appreciate. I think we ought to come to the house of God looking like we're God's children. We ought to not look like a bum coming off. You know, I noticed this, and let me mention this. Since he, I got nothing to lose now, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, this matter of worshiping God coming to church, this idea that we can all dress up real nice on Sunday morning, but come to church Sunday night looking like you're going to the bowling alley, or Wednesday night even worse. And listen, leaders, I'm concerned with that. So do we need that? Yes, we need that. God needs to be worshipped. God needs to be honored. This is something special. Amen. And I know our world out there, they don't even have any respect toward God at all. But we're his people. So we come in and, and we think uh, that repentance is dressing a certain way and coming in and, and being a sort, using the type of language and knowing the uh, what needs to be said at the right time and not said. Hey, those things have their place and importance, but that doesn't mean anybody's repented. You just put dress on, you can put clothes on somebody who's never really been born again, doesn't make them born again. It's the heart. But when somebody truly has repented, you know what, with that, there's going to be a change in that person. It's not about them anymore. It's about the Lord and what God wants, what His Word says. I don't know. When I got saved, I got, I, got the whole, I got the whole bucket, okay? I mean, I changed. My life totally changed. And, and I'm not perfect by any means. After 45, 46 years of salvation now soon, I still have issues with Steve Brown. But I'm progressively becoming more like my Savior as he intended me to be. Have his mind. Have his heart. Amen. Have his compassion. Have his concern for spiritual things. The Webster's Dictionary says that repentance is a sincere regret or remorse over one's sinful condition. It means a turning from sin to God. It means a drastic change of thinking, belief, or lifestyle. I like that. When you get saved, your lifestyle changes. It's no longer about you. The early church emphatically taught this. Uh, they stood against sin, and they stood for biblical repentance. For in the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 19, the book of Acts is the book of the actions of the New Testament church. He says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins be blotted out. Repentance, did you know this? Repentance is mentioned over a hundred times in your Bible. It was an important doctrine in the time of Christ, and it's an important doctrine today. However, the contemporary church today, pastors, teachers, churches, and colleges, they don't mention repentance much anymore. Many churches, many denominations, many colleges, again, have become bastions 
of secular humanism. It's, it's all about psychobabble, really. God makes it very clear in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. If you're my people, obey me. There's a principle in God's word. You obey God, there's blessings. You disobey God, there's curses. Now, I know people, some people I've even met through this church in time, they don't like that idea of cursing. They don't want to bring up old, like Pastor Williams, he's talked about tithing and missions and put that together. Uh, you know, they don't, want to, they, don't want that, they don't want that truth in their life because, oh, that's Old Testament. You know, Book of Malachi, that's Old Testament. Well, Jesus talked about it in the New Testament. He said it was the ABCs of the Christian life. He said you tithe and mint and coming, but you, you, know, you, you, you don't do the weightier matters of the law. Jesus brought it up. He said, man, that's ABC. You get saved. You just serve God. You obey God. You give to support the work of God. You give to get the gospel out. People don't want that. Again, we want grace, but we want it cheap. We do. We want all the blessings of God without any of the curses. So that's that curse stuff. That's Old Testament. No, 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 no. Now, let's, let's just let's, let's agree for this. Maybe there's somebody who says, I don't agree with that. That's fine. Okay, let's forget about the curses. What about the blessing? I don't know about you, but I want all the blessings. Amen. Forget about the curses, although you ought not to. But forget about the curses. I just want the blessings of God. I want the pleasure that God has in watching me obey him. Just like I have pleasure in my children to see them do right, my grandchildren to see them do right. I have pleasure in that. Don't you know God has pleasure in watching his children obey his word and his commandments? C.H. Spurgeon said in days past, Brethren, we shall not adjust our Bible to the age, but the age to the Bible. The Apostle Paul warned us, about false doctrine in the coming days, and, he's, and more so in the latter days. He said in 2 Timothy 3.2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Man, are we there today? Even in our churches, we're there today. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. But here's one. Our Savior preached repentance. Mark 1.14 and 15. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Amen. Repentance ought to be a, a priority. It's an absolute. It's a must. We're talking about obedience to salvation. Repentance is a change of heart and mind that leads to a change of action and then I had lifestyle. These people say they're saved and they, they live like junkyard dogs. That's not God's will. That's not God's word. Oh, I'm under grace. You know, grace means I can do whatever that I want to do and I'm still saved. Praise God. Well, yeah, you're still saved. It don't mean you're not going to get a whipping. It don't mean God's going to be pleased with you and you stand before him at his judgment seat. Amen. If someone has truly repented of their sins or her sins, there's a mind change. People don't want a change of mind because they know a change of mind leads to a change of action, which changes to a change of lifestyle. People are comfortable right where they're at. Listen, let God clean you up. Let God turn you from the way you are going and turn you around the way he wants you to go. Walk with God. Enjoy the fellowship of God. Enjoy the change of God. God wants to change you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Thank God for that. Repentance is not a work. People get that wrong. It's not a work. It's the evidence that God has worked in you and is working in you. Spurgeon said this, Repentance is as much a mark of a Christian as faith. A very little sin, as the world calls it, is a very great sin to a Christian. And I add, ought to be, I add, ought to be a sin to a Christian. Folks, I'm not looking how I can get further away from God to disappoint Him more, to break His heart. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking to have God's blessing on me because He's blessed with me. I'm not perfect. No, I'm far from it. But I want to be the servant the Lord wants me to be. And when he says obey, I want to say, yes, sir. I want to please you. Repentance is a change of heart and mind that leads to a change of action and lifestyle. Repentance is not a work, but it's a requirement. Repentance is the result of true salvation. We are commanded to repent many times. Just a few. Matthew 3, 2, it's saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And saying the time of fulfillment of the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. But also New Testament again, Acts 3, 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Many, many, many verses. But here we find in, in our text in, in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 30. He says, when thou art in trouble and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, thou shalt be and shalt be obedient unto his voice. He said, then I will be merciful. So obedience in the matter of salvation, obedience in the matter of surrender. Deuteronomy chapter 11, go there if you would, chapter 11. Take a look at verse 26. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26, the scripture tells us, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Here we go. A blessing if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Verse 27, a blessing if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. God promises to bless us as we surrender ourselves to him. Two things for God's chosen people, Israel. Obedience brought blessing and disobedience brought a curse. And I know that in this age of grace, people say, well, we're not Israel. That's not for us. I, but you listen, you cannot, you cannot be hyper dispensationalist. You cannot subdivide the word of God according to your mind. The same God that told Israel to obey him is the same God that tells the church to obey him. Obedience is key. That's the message. I want God's blessing on my life. It's so strange to me today. How many want something from God, but they don't want anything related to doing something for God? You, they, you, cannot, you cannot just cry grace. Grace, everything's grace. No responsibility, no holiness, no separation unto God. People say, I'm under grace and I don't have to regard God. I've had people tell me, I said, what about his word? And I said, I don't care what his word says. I'm under grace. Come, come on. How can that be? 
commands, his orders, his decrees, his pronouncements, his duty of responsibility. What's up with that? I don't get it. Romans chapter 3, verse 31, Paul said, Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Romans 6, 15, What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. And here's what a lot of God's people are doing. They're finding churches that they can plant themselves in that there's no responsibility. There's no sense of obedience. There's no real service to God. It's just I go when I want to, as I feel like, when I feel like. I just approach God any old way, and it's okay, because him and God and I are just buds. Say, preacher, again, you're preaching. We believe like you. Yeah, I want to keep us that way. I don't want people coming in and influencing people just to... to, 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 to uh, to to swallow false truth and take on a a seeker-sensitive spirit about them. No. Obedience to God will bring the blessing of God. And disobedience to God brings God's disfavor and God's correction. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my suggestions. Is that what he said? Keep my commandments. Luke 6, 46. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I talk to people, oh, I love God. I love the Lord. Oh, do we? How can that be? And live a disobedient life. Obedience is the evidence of relationship with God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 27. We're already in that one book, so... Uh, You ought to be able to go there quickly with me. Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 9. And Moses and the priests and the Levites spake unto all Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel, this day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. Verse 10, Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. You know what? They didn't like Moses' preaching. You know, a lot of people have been so kind to me, cards and texts and preacher, take it easy. We want you to take it easy. We know you, you, know, you need to get over this. And, and uh, I, I get that. They've said such nice things. Oh, we're so glad you're here today. We're looking forward to what you have to preach. Oh, how are you? Are you real? <laughs> you know, when you have these incidences, they say you get a little emotional. I, some people go, they're, they're all the way crying. Now, I'm a crybaby. They're all the way crying or they're all the way mean. Now, I'm somewhere in the middle today. I don't know where, but I'm really not. I'm trying to preach a message here of the importance of obedience to God. I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life. I'm not trying to cause anybody not to, you know, feel the love of God. Hey, he said, if you love me, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to keep my word. Listen, the Lord is our God, and we are obligated to do His will, not ours. Uh, How can we not obey and serve Him and do His will and obey His calling? That's what I'm going to get to in our life. God has called the New Testament church to preach the gospel to all the world. 
The recent mission conference we had, every missionary that ever is worth his salt has come in and said, hey, we need your prayers. We need your support. But you know, these missionaries, they want us to obey God as they obeyed the call of God in their life. Now, I know God doesn't call us all to a foreign field. I know that. If everybody left and, and served the Lord on a foreign field, there would be no local churches to support those that are doing the work on the foreign field. That's obvious. But I want to ask you a question concerning getting the gospel out, obeying God in the Great Commission, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost. If we're to obey those commands, then there's got to be obedience. And there may be some here that you are a great, obedient saint of God. Every year you increase your faith promise. You pray for your missionaries. You write them letters. Praise the Lord. But there are people that don't do any of the former that I just mentioned. And God wants you to be obedient so he can bless you. Forget about the curse. Bless you. And bless this church. Obedient in the matter of service now. Are you doing what the Lord has called you to do? Deuteronomy 30 in verse 2. Uh, we read in the same book that, 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 that we started in, chapter 4. Chapter 30 in verse 2, God says, And it, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Verse 9, And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of, of the body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of the land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he, rejoiced over, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. I, I see today a lot of people that are not obedient in soul prosperity. Say, preacher, what is that? He says, obey his voice, then the Lord will return thy captivity. What is he speaking about here? Well, God is speaking that I have, I've seen people in my lifetime, and I always wonder, why do they not have the victory? And they're always talking about wanting it. I think I watch people that can't get over their past. You say, man, go on. God's forgiven you. Go on and serve the Lord. And they just stay there. They, they talk about their past and they muse over their past and they regret their past. Get over your past. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to cleanse all our sin. He wants you now to go forward in obedience and serve him. Obey his voice. But people can't get over their sins. They can't get the victory. Their secret sins. The Bible calls them besetting sins. They can't get over their, themselves, their background, their parenting. You know what their parents and aunts and uncles do, other people did to them? They're all wrapped up. We're in a Prozac society. I understand that in the world, but there's so many of God's people still living there. And they've been set free. They've been set to, they've been given victory in Jesus Christ, but they don't go on. Obedience is the hand that knocks the chains and fetters off of our bondage. That's the problem. We don't want to obey God. We just don't want to obey God. Obedience is the cause of freedom in the Lord's service that we have been called to. Hey, I, every one of us today has been called to serve God. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says God has given every one of us gifts of the Spirit. 
God didn't give you gift or gifts for you just to sit on them. Why are we given gifts? To bless and benefit God and the people of God. If God has called you and God has called you and gifted you, amen, then you ought to be obedient to his voice. Everybody wants a good life, but nobody wants to obey the life giver. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 20, that obedience is the means to longevity. Hey, everybody wants to live a long life. I do. I'm glad they found out what was wrong with me and helped me a little bit. I'm glad. I want to live longer. Amen. Everybody wants to live longer. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 20. Listen to what God tells his people. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice. Well, he keeps bringing that word obey in there. And that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Again, the key to obedience. The obedience is the key to longevity. Thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his force, and thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. Moses said in Psalm 90, threescore year and ten, and if by reason of strength, fourscore, eighty, and then we fly away. I came in today, a lot of people wishing me well, said, Pastor, we're praying for you, we're glad you're back, and I was talking to Brother Dave, and he's telling me, he said, yeah, I had some of those stents. And he said, that was 30 years ago. Well, you know what? That encouraged me. Amen. Amen. That encouraged me. Dave's still going strong. Amen. 85 years old. That's now my new desire, to be like Dave. <laughs> Amen. For length of days. Length of days is connected to this other word, simple word, obey. We want long life. We want blessed life. But we don't obey God. If we obey God in his word and his will, and of course, in his work, God will give us the days to accomplish what he's gifted us for. Amen. I want God to use me more. Obedience is the matter of separation. John 17, I go to, and our Lord Jesus is giving information out here in John 17, verse 14. Listen, not too much longer. Listen, and I have given them thy word. In thy word, and, the, and this world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, way back in the Old Testament, God warned and commanded his people to stay separated from the heathen. Not to be taken up with their ways, their loves, their influence, their custom, their beliefs. And God was very clear with that. And for time's sake, read Leviticus 18. Read Deuteronomy chapter 7. God specifically told them. He told them not to marry the heathen. Well, by principle, fast forward that to our day. Parents, we've got to teach our children as God's word tells us, that a Christian should marry a Christian. And we've let up on stuff like that. 
And, you know, I, I, I got something here. A Christian should not marry a carnal Christian. Because you know what's going to happen. Sadly, I've watched through the years some young people marry, and I've seen some young people on fire for the Lord. I mean, they're busy, they're busy soul winning, they're out bus calling, they're, they're influencing people for Jesus Christ. And they, they meet somebody, and that person's kind of like, they attend church. Like, praise God, you went to church. I go to church. I go to church at least once on Sunday. And then somehow they get hooked up with that person. You know what that person does? He brings them down. She brings them down to live a nominal, carnal Christian experience. Oh, saved, going to heaven. Right. So grace, grace, grace. God's full of grace. What about obeying and serving God? Right. Parents, listen, you that have young children still growing, raise them, raise them right. Teach them to obey God young, early. I appreciate Brother Bob. You know, Brother Bob raising his children you know, he teaches kids to give and to serve God, worship God. And now they're grown-ups. Am I surprised that they're all faithful tithers in church serving the Lord? Bob, Rob did a good job in that aspect. They're not perfect people. Ask Robin. She'll tell you all about Bob. <laughs> but I just using them as an influence today. Their son-in-law, daughter up here singing this morning. The other children in church serving the Lord, trying to be helpful. But early on taught him about worshiping God, giving God his due. Amen. What an example. And there are other families here that are examples of that same spirit. We're losing it. Parents, some of you, I love you to death, but I'm, you're losing it. You're not the influence you need to be for your children. And please, 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 as God told the Israelites, don't you hook up. Don't you get with these heathens. Because God will say, it'll rub off on you. Yeah. And it did. And the Israelites married the heathens of the land. And they worshiped false gods rather than the true God, Jehovah. That same principles in the New Testament. We've got to obey God in this matter of separation. The same is true about a Christian. Their relationship with this lost world today. 2 Corinthians 17 the 6, 17, and 18, Paul says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Does that mean that we're not supposed to be nice to lost people? No, we ought to befriend them. We ought to build relationships so we might win them to Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't be, don't be pharisaical that you don't have anything to do with somebody else because they're not just like you. No. But you know that you can't get too close and start taking upon their ideology, their philosophy, their way of thinking, living, dressing, uh, entertainment, all that stuff, it will take you down and you will not be obedient to God. Paul writes on in verse 18, and will be a father unto you and shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. We want God's blessing in our life, but God wants us separated from the influence of this world. Do you see this? God wants us to be different from the heathen. He wants us to not love the world in its ways. 1 John 2, 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not him. He's not talking about this beautiful scenery out here. I drove through the park the other day when I got out of the hospital. I was going to do some errands. I just got out, and boy, it felt good. And I looked at this park. It was just absolutely beautiful with color. 
why God chose all those beautiful colors in those trees. That's not what God's, God says. Hate that, hate that, hate that. No. He's talking about the world system, the world's influence that'll take you away from God. Take your children away from God. We need to obey God's word in matter of separation. Obedience is the preventer of contamination. In Deuteronomy 13, you're there. We're going to do a few of these and we're done. In Deuteronomy 13, listen to what he says in verse 4 and 5. He says, If you will walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice, you shall serve Him and cleave unto Him, and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt, redeemed you out of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. God warned them back then. Don't you get around them. Don't get around those false worshipers of all the other gods because they'll contaminate you. Obey is the secret to victory. So I brought all this message in my conclusion now of obedience because I want to get to the obedience that brings about the blessing of God. Not the curse of God for disobedience, but the blessing of God through obedience. I can't help but think of one more magnificent illustration. We've mentioned quite a few, but here's the one I want you to see. Our Savior's obedience to the Father. The premier example the primary example of why to be obedient to the Father. John 6, 38, he says, For I come down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 16, 28, I came forth from the Father, and are come unto the world again. I leave the world to go to my Father. Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will. What was all that cup about? It was about my sins and yours. Because Jesus was getting ready to go on the cross to pay our sin debt, become our savior. You know what? Jesus said, not my will, father, but thine be done. In, in, in the humanity of Christ, he wasn't looking forward to what he had to go through. Ultimate, he didn't want to be separated from his father, never had been. When he got on the cross, the Bible says that God turned his face from him. He became sin. The Bible says that Jesus was so marred more than any other man in the book of Isaiah. He took my sin, your sin, upon him at Calvary. And so now, as we're saved by grace through faith, do we say to him, no, Lord, I will not obey. I will not keep your commandments. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ was willing to come to earth, to go to the cross, to become sin for me, to take my punishment, to go to hell. So I wouldn't have to go to hell. Amen. Amen. And so now we just finished up this month of missions and all this stuff will come down here and all the pictures will come down. We'll put them away for next year's conference time and the emphasis will be gone. But listen, you have those faith promise cards in your Bible, in your hand. You pray over them. You ask, God, what would you have me to do? And I'd ask you today, 
Here's what you all need to do. Here's what I need to do. Obey. Obey His voice. But we say, well, you know, I just don't know what. Ask God. That's why it's called faith promise. You by faith promise God you're going to do something that He lays on your heart. That last missionary we had uh, Wednesday night, I love the message, from faith to faith to faith. God brings us through things so that we get more, get more strength and growth and and, 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 and then we move on to the next thing that God allows in our life, and it gives us more strength and faith and growth. What a message he preached. But what will I do with that message? I want to be obedient. Here's my question. We can fill out the card. We could add five bucks a week or ten or whatever God wants you to do. Some need to get involved. You need to do something for missions. But I want to ask you a question. Am I obedient to God's call on my life? Regarding the gospel. Is it for somebody else to give out but not us? Regarding God's will. Is it God's will that I sit on my gifts? Or is it God's will that I use my gifts for his honor and glory? How about regarding the God's call to maybe be a missionary yourself? Here. In our Jerusalem. But for some, maybe a call to God's work planting churches, pastoring, amen, being a missionary on a foreign field, being evangelist, declaring God's word, and lifting up the, the saints of God all over the country and all over the world, being a teacher of God's word. What, what has God called you to do? You have gifts in singing. You have gifts in ministry. Are you using them? Every mission conference, God challenges me. Am I doing what I should be doing? And I'll tell you, quite often I get rebuked by the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to go if God wants you to go? I'm not being mean, but I, I know several men th through the years that have been called to preach and stayed in church 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 and took their turn preaching every once in a while. And I don't know. The calling of God is between you and God. I know this. The calling of God is without repentance. But I have known several men after a while that they didn't do what God called them to do 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, and rue the day because then that time, that opportunity, that open door had passed them by. And often it was because they were disobedient to God's call. Well, what about my job? What about my children? How am I going to be, take care of my family? What about my wife? What, what about God? That's right. And I've been concerned about Parkview. We were great. I think we're a great missions church. But not too many people saying, here am I, Lord. Send me. Now, I don't want you to be a preacher call person. But you need to search your heart and find out where does God want you with the gifts that he's given you. Sitting? Waiting for another conference? Amen. I guess I'll say it bluntly as I say, what are you waiting for? A kick in the seat from God? Again, I don't call anybody, but I'll challenge you in the matters of missions. What are you doing? Are you giving anything? Are you praying for anybody? Are you getting involved? Hey, we got a missions committee here. We asked for people to come give us ideas. Robin, now we started this ladies' missionary group quarterly to come. 
get involved. You can pray more. You can give more. You can do more. You can show an interest in people that have gone out to serve God. But you can do all that and disobey God if he's telling you to get out of here and serve me in another place. So would you want everybody to leave? Of course I don't. But I don't want any God-called people to stay when they're not supposed to. Pretty straight, isn't it? Let me read this verse for you and we're done. It's called Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. How many think we might be in the latter days? Okay. Even in the latter days. Listen. If thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto Pastor Brown's voice, your mom's voice, your dad's voice. No, no, no. His voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Folks, we're in the latter days. You know, I got a reminder a couple weeks ago that, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. Now, I'm not old by any means. Amen. Amen. But I'm not as young as I used to be, and i got to quit doing something. You know, it's funny. I went to my cardiologist, and he was going over my paperwork and telling me what they did when they got in there and what they still needed to maybe do. And he's telling me about my medicine, and that's when I said, well, Doc, can I drive again? Yeah, go ahead. Take it easy. He said... Can I preach? He said, yeah, but don't preach for three hours. He had just been to an Orthodox funeral, and it was three hours long. So he said, don't preach for three hours. And here's what he said to me. He said, what are you going to preach on Sunday? I said, I'm going to preach on obedience to God. He said, isn't that ironic? And he smiled at me. He said, isn't that something? He said, you know, you need to be obedient Pastor Brown, he said, you know how many fat preachers I've taken care of all these years? <laughs> now, his name is Mark Liebus. I like Mark Liebus, but I didn't like his bedside manner at that moment. <laughs> so he said, you got to lose some weight. And he gave me a goal, and I'm 12 pounds into the goal. Praise the Lord. But I get it. He's gifted me and given me a ministry, and I want to fulfill my ministry. I want to keep going for the Lord. But you know, I'll admit today, I've been disobedient. Let me ask you a question. Are you disobedient? Has God called you to do something? And you keep telling God, Lord, but it's all got to line up this way. What, your way? How about his? We call this a faith promise mission conference. Faith is trusting God for what you don't know. And I'm not calling anybody. Please, I'm not calling anybody. But if God has and you say he has, then step out in faith. Ask God, Lord, quit showing me my will. Lord, show me your will. Amen. Again, I'm so glad I mentioned this the other night. This church has given a lot of money toward missions each year. Praise God for it. But if we have took that money and just spent it on our building and our parking lot and all the things that we need, how about all these church plants and people that have been started and people that have been saved and lives that have been changed? They'd still be in their sin. 
Thank God somebody was obedient to go. And thank God this church is obedient to send them. And thank God this church faithfully supports them, not just in money, but in prayer. Amen. And encouragement. But we sit here this morning, some in obedience, some in disobedience. And you could teach junior church, sing in the choir, be an usher, do all this good stuff. But if God hadn't called you to do that, but he's called you to do something else, you need to get at it. So, and you come and say, preacher, help me to get there. I will. Do I want the church to grow? Sure. Do I want a bunch of people leaving? No, I want to gain more. But I don't want anybody to do wrong in the matter of their obedience to God's call on their life. Are you open? Will you fill out that card? Will you give something to missions? Will you step out in faith this year and add more so that we can get more gospel to the world? Will you get involved in Parkview Baptist Church outreach ministry? Pastor Williams just gave us this information. Will you grab one of those and say, I'm going to do it? Or will you say, no, I don't think so. See, it's more than just activity in a church. It's obedience to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, Lord, you gave me the strength. I wanted to preach, and I pray the message will speak to hearts. Lord, not my message, but yours through me.